0: The following is a teaching message from Shaw Community Church. For more information on Shaw or our teaching resources, visit www.shore.org.nz. This morning we're carrying on our series in the book of Acts, and today we come to the story of Philip in Acts chapter 8. Let me introduce this by mentioning a study that came out several years ago on faith and belief in New Zealand. It uh, surveyed a range of people in New Zealand from a range of different backgrounds on issues to do with faith and religion and spirituality in New Zealand. And in this survey, among those people that identified themselves as Christians, they were asked this question, how often do you talk about religion and spirituality with friends and family? And of those who responded, 41% said never. They never talk about those things with people they know. Another 48% said occasionally. They occasionally broach those subjects. And only 11% said often. And it paints a bit of a picture, I think, of the Christian community in New Zealand. Uh, As a group of people that are generally quite reluctant about sharing our faith with others, we're generally quite reticent to do that. Whether we find it too hard, it's too scary, we don't know what to say, we don't know how to bring it up, we don't feel confident to talk to other people about our faith, whatever the reasons are, we we tend to be a group that that are not overly comfortable talking to others about the faith that we have. And what that means is there's a group of non-Christians in New Zealand, a large group, that really don't have much of an opportunity to hear the message about Jesus, at least at a personal, relational level. And that is where the story of Philip in Acts 8 is so important for us. Because when it comes down to it, this story is really about one person sharing the good news about Jesus with another person. I know some of the details in the story are unusual and extraordinary, but really that's what it comes down to. Philip was an ordinary guy, And he was a person used by God in this moment to share the message of Jesus with someone else whose heart was open to it. And there's so much encouragement for us in this story. There's so much wisdom for us, especially those of us that might be a bit nervous about sharing our faith with others or don't know how to go about doing that. Uh, There's encouragement and there's confidence to be gained here and real practical wisdom about how we can start to take some steps in this direction in our everyday lives, to reach out to others with the good news that we have. So let's look at the story in a little more detail. Philip was a member of the early church in Jerusalem. And the story begins here with God directing Philip to go down to this desert road that ran from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, this was a road that ran ultimately all the way from Israel to Egypt. And that part of Israel is a desert. It's a hot, dry desert arid sort of environment, a really unpleasant place to be. It's, it's not an area you want to go to and just hang out. There's very few water stops along the way. And Philip was probably really surprised when God told him, this is, this is where I want you to go, uh, head along this road. But Philip obeyed. Uh, he listened to God and he, and he started off along this desert road. And as he was walking along the road here, in the distance, he sees a chariot coming towards him. And it's coming from Jerusalem back towards gaza and in this chariot philip didn't know this yet but in the chariot was a man from ethiopia now ethiopia in the ancient world was in a different place than it is today ethiopia took up the area that's now known as sudan so still in africa but in a a different area ethiopia the ancient kingdom was ruled by a queen who had sovereign power over the nation and this ethiopian man we're told was in charge of the treasury of the queen of the Ethiopians. And that basically means that he was the minister of finance. He was the finance guy within Ethiopia. And so that makes him a very prominent person. Uh, He had considerable status and rank uh, within that country. But interestingly, he obviously had some openness to the God of Israel. Because here he is on his way back from a visit to Jerusalem. He's come all the way to Jerusalem. He's gone to the temple and he's gone to worship, we're told. So even though he would have been steeped in the the religious views of his own people and his own nation, there is something about him that is drawn to Israel's God. And he's got this curiosity to find out more. And on the way back, he's reading Uh, One of the scrolls from the Old Testament, the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet. And those scrolls wouldn't have been easy to get your hands on in those days. But he's reading Isaiah and he's trying to understand what it means. So as this chariot passes him by, we read in the story that the Holy Spirit says to Philip, go and stay near that chariot. Go over to it and stay close to it. And so Philip would have started probably running alongside this chariot. It wouldn't have stopped for him initially, so he would have been running alongside it, which is a crazy thing to do in this kind of heat. But there he is running alongside, and it would have been a strange sight for this Ethiopian guy to look outside his chariot and see this random person running alongside the chariot. But this is the first thing that we learn about Philip in this story, is that he was open to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. His heart was open, and when the Holy Spirit told him to go, he went. He went. When the Holy Spirit nudged him towards that chariot, he, he went, he might not have understood it, he might not have known what was going on, but, but he was open, he was responsive, he listened and he obeyed. And this is the first thing that we learn in this story is the importance of being open to the Holy Spirit in those moments when he prompts us towards talking to others about things of faith. Sometimes you're in a conversation with someone and there's that nudge that little nudge of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you just wish that wasn't there, but there's that voice saying, This is a moment. This is a moment you can, you can drop something into that conversation. You can say something here that, that represents yourself as a Christian, or that says something about your church, or something about a Christian perspective on that issue that you're talking about. This is a moment to step into. Or maybe you're, you're nearby to someone, and, and, and the Holy Spirit just prompts you go over and talk to them. Go and and chat to that person. Maybe walk across the room or talk to the person next to you. There's that prompting and that nudging. And when we have that prompting, we have to make a decision. Are we going to listen to that voice? Are we going to step into that moment? Or are we going to shut it out? A guy in our church shared a great story with me recently of uh, a woman that he used to work with. And uh, he after he retired from his work, He'd learned that this woman, that used to be a colleague of his, had gone through some really difficult times. She'd gone through some really difficult medical things uh, in her life. And he'd texted her uh, during that time just to let her know that he was praying for her and she knew that he was a Christian. And then just the other day, he was driving home and he had that prompting of the Holy Spirit. uh, A prompting that he sensed he needed to pull over and call her. And so he did pulled the car over and called this woman. And they they had a great conversation. And in the context of that conversation, she mentioned to him that she's now attending a mainly music, which is a Christian-based ministry. And she's attending some other family activities as well. And he really had the sense that that her heart is far more open to the Christian faith than than it used to be. And so he was able to um, reaffirm to her that he's praying for her, praying for her each day. And he just came away buzzing that God was at work in this woman's life and that, that God was using him in that moment and he was so pleased that he'd been obedient to that prompting of the Holy Spirit to to stop the car and call this woman those promptings you never know when they're gonna come along but it's kind of like that the chariot that passed Philip by you know it, it comes and it goes those moments pass us by. Sometimes you've just got a few seconds and you need to decide what you're going to do with them. But when that prompting of the Holy Spirit comes, God wants us to be people that listen to that. God wants us to be people that that respond to that rather than shrinking back from it, rather than ignoring that voice, which I know is so easy to do, but to step into those moments, to take that opportunity, to, to say that word, to speak up, to speak out a little bit, to be courageous about our faith, not to let the chariot pass us by. So let's be open to the promptings of the Holy Spirit wherever and whenever they may occur. Now, let's come back to the story. So Philip is running alongside this chariot, and he sees that this Ethiopian man is reading the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he happens to be reading from Isaiah 53, which is a passage about the suffering servant pointing towards the Messiah. And we we now believe as Christians this is fulfilled in Jesus the Messiah, the passage describing Jesus as being led like a lamb to the slaughter. And so Philip says to this this Ethiopian, he asks him, do you understand what you're reading? Now that's a great opening line. You know, Philip could have said to him, let me tell you about Jesus. Philip could have said to him, let me give you a presentation on how you can become a Christian. But he didn't start with any of that. He just started with a question. He started with a great question. Do you understand what you are reading? And that question opened up an invitation for Philip then to say more and that led into a conversation and the rest is history. It started with a question. There's a great piece of practical wisdom for us here. A way into these conversations with others is simply to ask good questions. Learn to ask good questions. They don't need to be overtly spiritual questions a lot of the time. They don't need to be necessarily questions about God or Jesus or spiritual life. These are questions that just allow you to turn the conversation slightly towards deeper things, deeper than just surface level superficial things. The questions that enable you to pivot towards things of faith, towards spirituality, and maybe create a bridge to a conversation about something to do with Christian faith. I had an opportunity just this past week I met with a friend and uh, had coffee with him we were talking away and uh, he was sharing with me some of the struggles he's having with his parents he's going through a bit of a stressful time at the moment with his mum and dad and as he was sort of describing some of the, the stress that he's that he's having at the moment I had this passage in mind and I had this idea in mind of, of starting with a question so I thought I'd try it out so I said to him how do you process the the struggles that you're having at the moment with your parents like how how do you kind of process this this pain that you're you're feeling and that kind of led him to talk about his art he's an artist and he kind of channels what he's feeling into his artwork he's a musician so he uses music and he, he shared a little bit of that and it gave me a little bit of an opportunity to talk about how i process feelings when I'm going through a difficult time, which is around my faith and and reading the Bible. And and he was was open to that and he was supportive and it enabled me to have an opportunity to say a few things about my faith and my beliefs that maybe otherwise I wouldn't have had the chance to say. Now, sometimes you, you ask those questions and the chariot door opens and there's an opportunity there and you're invited in and that's great and things can progress. Sometimes you ask the question, and the chariot door stays closed. And people are not interested. They change the subject. They just don't want to hear it. And that's okay as well. We're not responsible for where things go. We're responsible for being faithful. We're responsible for, for taking initiative, and asking questions, and then allowing God to prompt and lead and guide and direct. But it just begins with a good question. And I would encourage you to think about questions that maybe you could ask. Questions that might just take things to... A deeper level based on the people you know based on the conversations that you're having are there some questions that you could have locked in your mind that maybe you're just waiting for that opportunity to to ask so let's learn to ask good questions and see where the conversation goes from there all right let's come back again to the story Philip asks this question do you understand what you're reading And the ethiopian replies well well, how can i unless someone explains it to me there's the invitation and so he invites philip to to explain to him what he's reading in isaiah so philip does that it says starting with that passage he told him the good news about jesus so philip was able to do this he was able to talk to this guy because he knew his bible i mean philip was able to move from isaiah 53 to jesus and explain to this guy the connection between the two. I wonder whether we would have been able to do that. I think that the message here for us is is if we are going to engage with others around issues of faith, we need to know the story. We need to know the message that we're sharing. We need to have some awareness of the big story of scripture. We need to know the particular story of the gospel, the particular story of Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, the difference that can make in people's lives. If somebody asked you, what does it mean to be a Christian? Or how do I become a Christian? And you just had 2 minutes to respond to that. What would you do? Go. You'd probably be on the back foot a little bit. You know, would you what would you would you talk about Jesus? Would you talk about Moses? Would you talk about the 10 commandments? Would you get them to pray a prayer? Would you have an altar call? What what are you going to do? A lot of us would probably be quite flummoxed by that. We're not quite sure what what bits of the story to to pull in. This is a great thing to to pre-prepare for, that we have in our mind an understanding of the basics of the Christian story, the story of Jesus, the story of the gospel, the story of salvation, so that, Lord willing, if we are ever asked that question about what it means to be a Christian, we're ready to go, that we've got something to say, and we're able to succinctly and clearly explain the gospel, the good news about Jesus to someone that might be interested in it. And another plank in this structure is to be willing to share our own story with people. You know, we, we if you're a Christian, you have a story. You have a faith story. You have a story of how God has rescued you and how God has worked and, and is working in in your life and we might kind of think oh it's second nature to be able to share that story i could share it any time but if again if we do that without being prepared then we're in danger of rambling going off on all sorts of rabbit trails it's a great idea to think through even write out your own faith story so that if you have an opportunity you can share something of, of your journey of your story and how you've come to place your faith in jesus and the difference that makes in your life it's a great thing to do to share your story because people can't argue with that They they may argue with other things you say, but people can't argue with your story. That's you. That's your lived experience. It's another opportunity you may have to share your own story with someone. So let's be ready. Let's know the story of Scripture. Let's know the Jesus story. Let's know our own stories so that we're ready and able to share them if the opportunity arises. All right, let's come back to the story one final time. Philip talks to this Ethiopian man about Jesus, shares the good news with him, and then the response of this Ethiopian is interesting. He says in verse 36, "'Look, here is water. "'What can stand in the way of my being baptized?' Now, we might find that a bit of a strange statement uh, because you you sort of think, well, where's the conversion? This guy doesn't seem to have made a confession of faith. Where's the the sinner's prayer? Where's the altar call?' Well, I think we can imply that, that that that's there, that this man has made a confession of faith, But in the New Testament, conversion and baptism went hand in hand, often on the same day. That if someone wanted to place their faith in Jesus, one of the first things they would do is find the nearest water and get baptized. And that's how it is with this Ethiopian. He's obviously come to a point of being ready to place his faith in Jesus on the basis of the scripture, on the basis of what Philip has has shared with him. And so his instinctive response is, well, where's the water? Let's let's seal the deal. Let's, Let's get baptized now. And so they find some water, which is kind of amazing in the desert, but there's some water there. And you can picture this Ethiopian and Philip wading out into the water. The Ethiopian would have made some confession of faith in Jesus as his Savior, as his Lord, as Messiah. And then on the confession of that faith, Philip would have baptized him. And as the Ethiopian comes up out of the water, Philip disappears. He's taken away by the Holy Spirit to another place. But this Ethiopian man goes on his way rejoicing because of the transformation that God's worked in his heart. And it is an amazing transformation when you think about this guy now heading back to Ethiopia, heading back to a kingdom that would have been steeped in all kinds of pagan religion, the worship of all kinds of other gods besides the one true God. And yet this guy is now going back as a follower of Jesus. He's going back with his faith in Christ as a worshiper of Jesus. And I'm sure that he had a passion to share that good news with other people, just as Philip had shared it with him. And he was able to do that as a high-ranking official within the nation of Ethiopia. So this would have been hugely influential. And it's a hugely strategic moment in the story of Acts, the first time that we see the gospel moving out into a new people group. So far, it's just been with the Jewish people, but now this is the first time someone from a new people group has heard and responded to this message, and the gospel is now moving out into the nations. It's an exciting story. In so many ways, this Ethiopian is an unlikely convert. He really seems unlikely. He's not Jewish He's not living in Israel. He's a high-ranking official from another country. And you think this this is the last person that you would expect to come to faith in Jesus. But it just reminds you, so often God is at work in the lives of unlikely people. We might have our view of, of where and how God might be working and think he's doing this or that in someone's life. But really, we have no idea God can be at work in the most unlikely of people's lives. I remember I I had a guy that I used to work with or work for in the business I used to work for. He was a director and he was a real bully. I mean, he was just not a nice guy to to work for and he would verbally abuse some of the the, the junior staff in the office. Uh, Looking back now, really, it was was workplace bullying. We wouldn't have called it that at the time, but that's what it was. And for that reason, nobody much liked him. No one really wanted to interact with him more than they had to. And, And I didn't have a a lot of involvement or interaction with him over the time that I was there. But I remember years after I I left that job, I I was reading The Listener one day, and this guy had written an editorial in The Listener, a column in The Listener. He was kind of known in some circles, and so he'd obviously been invited to, to write a piece in The Listener. And I was amazed, reading this piece, this guy who I had worked with opened up about his spiritual journey and talked about all these spiritual experiences that he'd had. And I mean, he was into some weird stuff. He was all, all of this really far out mystical stuff, all of this really far out kind of new agey stuff. I mean, it was not the kind of thing I was into at all. But clearly what it showed is that he really had a hunger for spirituality. He was very spiritually open and seeking and searching. And I would never have guessed that from working with him. He would have been the furthest person i would have thought to ever be open to spiritual things but clearly he was and and it made me wish that i had taken more opportunities that i had to to have those kinds of conversations with him it just shows that god is working in the lives of people that we might least expect let's not prejudge who god is working in and who God's not working in, we might be able to see some things and you might be able to tell, yes, that person seems a little bit more open, but sometimes it's the people you think are less likely to respond and God might be doing something in their life. So let's just have an openness of heart to wherever and however God might work. Let's expect that sometimes it's the unlikely ones that may be most open. Let's anticipate that God might be working in the lives of some people around you that you you don't think anything much is going on in terms of spirituality. You might be surprised. Let's let God be God. Let's let him work as he wants to. Let's just be available and open and expect it to be used by God however and wherever he wants to use us. So I hope that this story of Philip can encourage you especially those of you, those of us that that do feel nervous about sharing our Christian faith. And that's all of us, if we're honest. Those of us that are a bit reticent to do that, we don't feel comfortable and we struggle. There's so much encouragement here from Philip that it starts just by being open to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Just having that awareness. And you might be surprised at just how many opportunities there are for you in your day-to-day life to have these connections with other people when you start tuning in to the voice of the Spirit. your life to begin with questions just the simple power of a question to be able to direct the conversation in in a slightly different way and, and, and maybe steer it towards things of faith to know the story well let's be people who know the story who know the gospel who know our own stories and are willing to share them and let's be people who look for those opportunities and expect God to be working even in the lives of unlikely people And let me just say to you again that if you're watching this message and you don't have a living relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe you look at the story and you see yourself more as the Ethiopian, that that, that you are maybe searching and, and seeking and open, but you don't yet have that relationship. I want to just remind you and encourage you that opportunity, that invitation to know Jesus in a personal way is there and it is available to you. We'd love to talk with you about that and how to take a next step in your faith journey. And if you are a Christian, just remember there are people out there who are searching. There are people in your life and in your world right now who are seeking. You may not see it, but they're asking questions and they're open and they're waiting for a Philip to come to them. The question is, are you willing to be that person? Let's pray. Well, God, we hear your word this morning, and and it's a challenging word because, God, if we're honest, we don't find this easy. It's easy to keep this faith we have to ourselves. But, Lord, you've given us good news to share. And, Lord, we want to be willing. We want to be available to you. We want to be open to you in sharing that good news with others as you give us the opportunities. So, Lord, we pray this week that you would direct us in the ways that that you want us to go, that you would ordain conversations and interactions with with others who don't know you, that we might be able to speak up and and say a word. And, And God, when those moments come along, when those opportunities come along, and when your spirit prompts our hearts, would you give us in those moments the boldness? Would you give us the courage that comes only from you to step into those opportunities, not to shrink back, but to step into those opportunities and speak up and speak out about the faith that we have in you. Lord, we love you. We thank you that ultimately all of this is in your hands. You are the Lord of the harvest and we are just workers in your harvest field. So we commit ourselves to you and pray that you would use us for your kingdom and your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. This has been a teaching message from Shore Community Church. For more of our teaching resources,